0: Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837, and FSP, dedicated to food service excellence. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us, If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, today is the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, and I want to bring this feast together with last week's feast of the Epiphany. Both of them speak in powerful ways to this issue of the relationship between Christianity and the other great religions of the world. If you heard me last week, you recall, I said, with regard to this question, there are two great extremes to be avoided. On the one hand, a sort of exclusivism or maximalism that simply says, we're right and they're wrong. We're the fullness of revelation, they're at best pseudo-religions. And I argued last week for all kinds of reasons that that simply is untenable. We have too much in common with the other great religions of the world. We can't simply dismiss them. We'd be dismissing ourselves. At the same time, I argued, there's another extreme position. Call it a radical minimalism and inclusivism. This one says, hey, what difference does it make? There are a lot of different religions, but they're all basically the same. They all come down to the same basic truths. We're all just climbing the sacred mountain by different paths. Well, that one, too, is deeply problematic. And I want to say today why I think that view is a problem. But then I want to conclude by revisiting this great image of the journey of the Magi and also to say a word about the baptism of the Lord, because both speak to the way the church should respond to the issue of the world religions. So, why is this second option out of the question? I know it's very popular. Listen to the popular culture. You hear it all over the place, this view that, why are we fighting? Aren't all the religions basically the same? Well, let's revisit the same ones I looked at last week, namely Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, and Hinduism, all of which have much in common with our faith. But Christians explicitly declare that Jesus of Nazareth is the Messiah, the long-awaited Savior, the fulfillment of the expectations of the prophets, that in him God has come personally among us. Well, despite all of our points of contact with Judaism, Jews deny just as explicitly those great Claims, And these are not trivial disagreements. This is not a matter of, well, we agree in all essentials, but a few minor things we disagree on. No, these are major disagreements between Christians and Jews. And let's be honest, one of us is wrong. How about Islam? I mentioned last week loads of points of contact between Islam and Christianity. But... Christians maintain that Jesus is the incarnate Word of God. Muslims honor Jesus, yes indeed, but they just as explicitly deny that Jesus is divine. They honor Mary, yes indeed, as I said last week, but they explicitly deny that Mary is the mother of God. More to it, Muslims, like Christians, believe in the one God, but Christians say that that one God is, is differentiated according to three divine persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. And Muslims just as explicitly deny that trinity. Minor disagreements? No. No. Major disagreements. Despite all that we have in common, Muslims and Christians are in profound disagreement about central matters. And let's face it, One of us has to be wrong. Buddhists. Much in common, yes, especially at the level of practice, as we saw last week. Points of contact in terms of prayer and mysticism and monasticism. But are there major differences? Yes, indeed. Christians believe in a personal creator God, who brings the whole world into being from nothing, and who personally guides it providentially and reveals his will. Buddhists believe none of those things. Buddhists do not believe in a personal God or a creator God. Rather, ultimate reality for a Buddhist, realized through meditation, realized when individual desire is snuffed out, is what they call interdependent co-origination. That means that all things in an interdependent way give rise to one another. It's ultimate reality, but it has very little in common with the creator, personal God of Christian faith. Minor disagreements? Nope. Pretty basic. Pretty major. And let's face it, one of us is wrong. Hinduism, I argued last week, has an almost sacramental imagination. God present in all things. Even a hint of the Trinity in Hinduism. Yet... Do Hindus believe in a creator God who is radically distinct from the world? Not really. Rather, God who is manifested in the 10,000 incarnations, God present in all things as though the world is a kind of face of God. Christians hold to a radical distinction between the creator God and the world that he's made. Minor disagreements? Nope. Major, basic disagreements. And one of us is wrong. What am I arguing? I'm arguing against the easy position that deep down all religions are saying the same thing. Deep down they're not. Despite the many points of agreement, I'm not advocating maximalism or exclusivism. Yet, let's be honest, we're not all saying the same thing. There are major points of demarcation. Ethically, the first position, maximalism, gives rise to the problem of violence. If I think I'm right, you're wrong. I have a tendency to become violent towards you, attack you, force you to convert. But this second position also has a strong ethical problem, namely a sort of spiritual indifferentism. Hey, we're all saying the same thing deep down. Our dogmas don't really matter that much. Our different practices and convictions don't matter that much. Therefore, who cares? Christians, that's a kind of indifferentism or sloth of the spirit, which is very dangerous to the religious and moral life. Our tradition has martyrs who gave their lives to defend the basic truths of Christianity. Did they think it was all a matter of indifference? Who cares what you believe? On the contrary, these are people who said, I'm willing to give my life to defend the truth of the Christian faith. Maximalism is no good intellectually and morally. We have much in common, and we must always deal in peace with other religions. By the same token, minimalism, inclusivism, is intellectually incoherent because we have so many things that still divide us and, I would say, ethically problematic. So, what is the right attitude toward the world religions? Well, I've been hinting at it, I hope you can see, but what I want to do is use these images of the epiphany and the baptism of the Lord to say what I think is the right attitude toward the great faiths of the world. Consider the Magi. We know the story well. These three, call them kings if you want, seers, sages, representatives of another religious tradition, not Jews, obviously not Christians, coming out of a faith tradition. The gospel always speaks of them with the greatest respect. There's not the slightest hint of condescension toward them, violence toward them. No, they're spoken of with the greatest possible respect. More to it. They are not coerced into coming to Christ. Rather, they see something which is so compellingly beautiful that they are drawn by its power out of their home country to come and see this child. Not coerced, not imposed upon, not attacked violently, but rather lured by the compelling beauty of Christ. Thirdly, they come with gifts. They come with treasures, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Last week, I spoke of all the things that we have in common with the great religions. Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism. What are those but treasures? And in many cases, I said, the other great religions can practice and exercise these virtues better than we do. The other religions come with treasures, and we must always remember that. To say they are simply evil and wicked is out of order. So with these magi. But now, look at the other side of the question. Do we just say, hey, everything's okay, we're all the same, we all agree? No. The magi leave their home country and they come to Christ. They stay where they are? No, they leave, they move, they go. Are all the faiths of the world destined to find their home in Christianity? Yes, that's what it means to say that Jesus Christ is the Word of God. That's what it means to say that Christianity is the definitive revelation of God. All the faiths of the world are designed to bring their treasures to Christ and there find them fulfilled. More to it, they humble themselves before the Lord. The three magi kneel down and they break open these treasures and put them at the disposal of Christ. So the faith of the church is that all the great religions will find themselves in a humble acquiescence to Christ and Christ's purposes. More to it, they go back by a different route. Remember Fulton Sheen said, no one ever comes to Christ and goes back the same way he came. Are all the religions of the world called to a sort of conversion in light of Christ? Yes, they're not meant to stay the way they are, but are meant to find their fulfillment in him. Today is the feast of the baptism of the Lord. This image, too, was used by the early church fathers to speak of this very issue. Why? Jesus stands in the waters of the Jordan, and there is baptized by John. In doing so, it was not so much Christ who was sanctified, but rather Christ who sanctified the waters of the river. And in the imagination of the church fathers, the Jordan was connected to all the streams and all the rivers and all the seas and all the oceans of the world. It's as though in sanctifying that little river, Jesus sanctified all the streams of the world, all the waterways and all the seas of the world. So in the same way, all of the streams of the spiritual life, good, beautiful, full of treasures, right, are sanctified by their contact with Jesus Christ. Christianity works as a sort of leaven in the world to sanctify and purify all the spiritual streams. Maximalism? No. Minimalism? No. But a keen sense of Christ, the nonviolent Lord, who lures to him all of the spiritual powers of the world, and in him all find their fulfillment. God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Puzzled by school meal programs? Let FSP help you put the pieces together. How? FSP offers healthy, student-tested breakfast, lunch, and snack plans fresh from our kitchens each day. Quality, service affordability that's what fsp has offered since 1970 to take advantage of this program call us at 773-385-5103 fsp we're more than a school food service